Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome, welcome. Monday here in the D.C. area, first day of school. John Chen has joined us for the first day of school, and my son decided he wanted to wear Messi's new uniform from Miami, and so we were, we were twin brothers on the sidewalk waiting over an hour and finally gave up. The bus never showed up, and by the way, 20 kids hopped in their parents' uh, their cars and took them to school, and we asked the school over and over again, John, should we take the kids in or wait for the bus? And they said, it's better to wait for the bus. The bus will be there in 10 minutes. And then they said 20 minutes and they said 30. And finally, we realized our son would never get to school. So we took him in. There you go. That's empowerment on day number one. Hopefully the number one lesson for your kids is, is when in the absence of leadership, lead. Yes. And by the way, my leadership question to them was whether they wanted me to lead. And it was a very interesting answer. They said, they said, if you have a choice, if you want to exercise a choice, the choice is to wait for the bus because then we can just take care of everyone when they get there. <laughs> 30 was going to turn into 40 into 50 in 60 minutes. So um, my wife ended up taking my son into school. And, you know, I asked the inevitable question, is this a new transportation company? And this is Howard County Public School System. And they are the number two public school system in the United States. Googleable, Googleable. This is not me, my opinion. <laughs> also not a fact i'm just saying googleable they are in the top five we'll just say safely top five and they hired a new bus company and the bus company failed on the first day and it's interesting but if i failed you on the first day it, it would probably affect our relationship and here's what's funny because you and i have had just enough influence on each other you did not think that me Xing you out as a host, I mean, the host Xing you out of Zoom that I was trying to do this purposely. And so you have been patient and you, you, you actually logged in three times. I just want to say that's actually the power of influence is that you believe that someone is actually worth saying, okay, we're supposed to be here. So now, thank you. That's actually, so I do a lot of virtual and, and in life MC work. And this is really a great fact that somebody presented and they said that when you build trust and relationship with somebody, you are two times more likely to forgive them if and when they make a mistake. The only part about this bus company is they haven't built any relationship, so they just like drop the bomb on the first part. But that's part of the reason why it's so important to build relationship is because, uh, you know, again, none of us, we're humans. We're not perfect. We're probably going to screw up somewhere. But if you have a relationship, they're more likely to be forgiving. And I think that's some, a key aspect. Well, I, I would say the bigger you play, the more you fail, obviously. And so you would agree with that. But <laughs> I would actually say that you're downplaying the 2X. I think it's more like 10X. When you see someone that is actually like, if you told me to be on your show, I would keep going. <laughs> I'm signing it. I'm signing it. But just so we, we are clear, we are on the air with John Shen. And, yeah. you know, John's a very unique individual. I've, I've done podcasting if you even want to call this i think when you're when you're on the radio and you're and you're with voice america you're not podcasting you're playing a lot bigger because you're investing in a in a platform that causes the attraction of influencers like you so 
I saw you at NSA. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you see me blushing? <laughs> Dr. Kim blushed. Oh, so, man, all these goodies that you sent me. And I have to say, I saw you, and, and, and you have been in my life uh, more indirectly than directly, but here we are today saying that this book matters, mm. what the pandemic matters, and how you hack life matters. So we're going to go into that deep and uh, heavy, but I want to start off by saying, who is John Shen? Because if anyone ever gets to go on your Zoom or your events and something happens as a hack, I want to say, keep hitting readmit, readmit, because John Shen is worth it. And, um, you're like a DJ. I don't know if you know this about me, but I was a DJ for 40 years, 40 years legitimately, traveling the world, bringing music back. I have one of the largest music libraries. So when you play that music in our pre-show, I, I want to say Beatles, uh, Jay Giles, and, yes. and Dempsey Hammer. Yes. Had, and, and, and three completely different genres. Yes. <laughs> Jay Giles, you must, you must have a very diverse musical love. Uh, I do, and so just for those who are on radio with us here, well, let's just do my intro now. Ready? There he is, Dr. Ken's guest, John Chen. There you go. So I always have music around. You know, the power of music is something that's really key, Ken. All right, before I finish introducing myself, although I think I'm <laughs> one of the key pieces is that uh, is. Music is so important to me, and why is it important here, especially online, as well as in the real life? The power of music has the ability to change somebody's mood and emotions in like three seconds or less. In all three well, of the songs, right, like Lovely Rita, right, if you are of that age group and know that song, it will immediately change your state. Right. MC Hammer is like a no brainer. Right. You almost want to get up and like scoot around in a bunch of parachute pants. And I think that's why music is so important. Right? I really value the musicians of our day, why I pay for what's called an ASCAP license, uh, which allows me to license to play the music inside of uh, virtual meetings uh, legally, because I think there is so much value and so few people do it. One second. ASCAP and BMI, very important organizations that allow you the freedom to play legally music. I want to I want to ask you because you're a very smart guy. Yeah. How much it cost you to be legal? Oh, geez, it's like four hundred to six hundred dollars a year to begin with, unless you're doing something really big. It kind of it says it matters on the frequency and the size of your audience. Like if you're playing last uh, last Saturday, Ed Sheeran played here in Seattle, broke the record for Lumen Field, seventy seven plus thousand people. Uh, like if you're going to play uh, copyrighted music in Lumen Field, you're going to pay more. But right. you know, if you have like 150 people on Zoom, you could do it as little as for three, four hundred dollars a year, right. every meeting, and and so and again, 80 plus percent of that money goes back to the musicians. Is why I think I support that system, kid. And, and by the way, uh, when I was a DJ, I told people, and I bragged on this, and I think it it may have helped with converting some people to go with us. But I said we believe in paying for the music that gives us a livelihood, and that. It keeps us not being a hypocrite that we'd steal music to make money on their skill. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. And, and uh, like we're, you and I are speakers, right? It's like uh, it's like someone ripping off a part of our speech or something, right? Using a bit or a story that we did. Uh, you know, I think it's uh, I think it's important. I give I give. In fact, that book you were holding, if you go through it, you'll find 50 different names inside of there of people who gave me something to help virtual meetings. Like here, I'll give a shout out to my very good friend, Kathy Armias, 
who is one of the top TEDx coaches in the world. Right? Yeah, there's that. all those people, by the way, read or contributed to the book. Uh, they also voted on my cover and like, that, you know, that was the art of engagement, Ken, was I brought a community into that book. And so they actually have a part in that book. So again, Kathy Armias gave me a piece and she said she was teaching a class of 50 people. She wanted to debrief them, in a sh but she only had a short amount of time. So no normal ways you would ask people to like say chat, right? But instead she did something and we called it just one word, which is to take uh, like a white card or you know any piece of paper and write in large letters one word that describes your experience, for instance, of dealing with coronavirus. And it was really powerful because everyone then held up their word right to the screen and there were 50 or more of them across the screen and the words were really powerful, right? Scared, interesting, unique, right? Isolating. <clears throat> so it really gave a sense of how everyone was reacting to this thing that happened three years ago that was very unique to all of us. And then she asked a better question, which is, what do you think you need to get out of how you're feeling in coronavirus? And then like love and connection and, you know, collaboration and research, you know, all these other great words showed up on the screen, Ken. And so simple things like that, uh, right? I didn't invent all of them. Uh, they were tested and created by somebody else, but it's, I feel like it's my job to share. It's kind of like your picture books, right? You share so many people who are doing these things so that you can learn a little bit about the story and maybe learn, learn more if you are, you're interested. So I want to ask you a, a couple of quick questions and I want to dive into who is John Chen because we haven't oh, yeah. gone. I so will do that. Before we do that, yeah. I want to ask you, has, has anyone ever actually held up to a Zoom who the acknowledgements are for? Because the reason I say that is because the acknowledgements are the programming that we actually accept become better. Mm. So I applaud you because your acknowledgement section is healthy. I know you know hundreds of thousands of people. No, I wouldn't say no. You have hundreds of thousands of people that lo love you and know you. And, and so you have actually said in your acknowledgement section, these people caused me. And because it, it says thank you too. And it's a very large list. But I know that you actually thought about this list. You had to go through a very, very long list and say, okay, uh, Alicia Ellen, is that right? Yep. And, and by the way, I could read for probably five minutes, easy, but these yeah. are all that have had a massive impact in you. Yeah. I call that gratitude. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think one of the big, the best things that you can do is gratitude, right? I, all of us who are speakers, all of us who are doing stuff in our life, we wouldn't be here if it isn't for all those people. So, you know, spending a part of your day or part of your book or part of something saying thank you to all those people is really important. In fact, so Ken, I worked at Microsoft for a decade. Did you? 90 through 99, I shipped 10 products. I got two US patents. And when I left, it was really cool. We had a party. It was um, the day before Halloween, October 30th. And the idea of the party was to thank everybody who helped me get those 10 years of Microsoft. So I brought people all the way from my family, of course, was like a no brainer. My high school friends were invent well, invited, my college friends, and then my Microsoft friends. So there's really kind of like four distinct audiences there. And we did this amazing, we bought out a place that does this show here in Seattle called Teatro Zanzani. Um, the woman from Heart comes out and sings like opera. It is, it is, and then they serve amazing food. And so the whole night was a thank you. And at the end of the night, the one thing I came back to, because I got to give a speech at the end, and I was like, everybody should have at least one day in their life like this, where you get a chance to thank everybody who got you to where you are today. 
And that part hit home. People still, to this day, come up and talk to me, Ken, if they were at that party going, we woke up and we thought it wasn't real. We thought like we like lived through a dream. It was so like amazing that, uh, that we got to be there. Well, to give you that opportunity, because it is a beautiful segue for a shout out. Yes. Um, you can name anywhere from two to 12 people right now. Just say you're grateful for them. Oh, uh, my sister Ruth, right, who, who read the book seven times and saved me in the editing process, right, because I'll tell you how long it took in the book. So she also just logged into my birthday and played a live uh, music on a guitar and sang me a song for my birthday. Uh, again, my, all my other family, Jim, my, my brother, uh, Peter, uh, and Anne, all of them got me through my childhood. My high school friend, Brian Chuck, who was my best friend growing up in high school, who is now the first kid in his family, he's adopted, first kid in his family to graduate from college, has an amazing job uh, as a marketing manager, as well as I taught him to play music. Uh, he now plays bass, and he's teaching his daughter, his little girl, how to play bass. It's so cool. Uh, Brian Fox. Brian Fox is known as B. Fox. He wrote the uh, Born Again Shell, which is a free piece of software, but he was my mentor. He was a high school dropout, uh, the best black fretless playing a guitar, motorcycle driving, computer hacker you will ever know who really taught me the ropes and helped me to get there. Uh, you know, my amazing three kids, of which my youngest, uh, Kelson, entered his first bodybuilding contest and won three divisions, right? And if you follow me, follow me on Facebook and look for my Facebook reel, uh, which will show him. It's unbelievable that that kid came out of <laughs> part of my body. And um, my last two is uh, my amazing girlfriend right now, Donna Cunningham, who works at Seattle Genetics and helps the fight against cancer. And let's see, what's my last one? My name. Name your other two kids. Oh, oh, my other name. No, of course, my other two kids. I thought I was like, yeah, I have two left. Um, KJ or Catherine uh, just graduated from McAllister, and now she's working at Gabe Newell, who runs. Uh, one of the largest gaming companies here in Seattle. He has a research division, and she works at the research division here in Seattle. My oldest is uh, Max Chen, who got married and bought a house during the pandemic. And I just love that he did not stop living his life despite a worldwide virus. Wow, what a name, Max Chen. Ma it's actually Max Field. Right? Hey. Max Field Parish, as well as Max named in the book, Where the Wild Things Are. Oh, my gosh. And by the way, um, it was design that you were supposed to be on the show monday by god himself happy birthday oh thank you that's right my birthday was uh saturday august 26th. saturday so i couldn't have you on the show saturday <laughs> this is the first monday after my birthday and, and it's a a true gift ken thank you so much my pleasure and i i want to say that um because we started the live a little late because of the hiccups with the tech i do want to show you that my max is this kid right here going <laughs> Love the matching shirts. And by the way, Messi's uniform is the number one selling uniform in the world for sports. This uniform is number one in the world for sports wow. because of Messi and yeah. Beckham bringing Messi to uh, Florida, Miami, right? And so Kenny was at Ocean City and said, Daddy, I see um, stuff to buy here in the, in the store in Ocean City. What would you like? And he actually did not even point to this. It was in the background. I said, Kenny, there's a messy uniform behind you. And he was like, where, where? And he didn't know what it looked like. He didn't know anything. And so he, he kept searching. I'm telling you, it was like, Kenny, it's to your left. No, no, no. Now turn to this. And then I said, it's the pink. And, and so he said the most magical words a dad could ever hear. He said, daddy, 
I'm going to buy you one. I'm going to buy one so we can be twins. I mean, like you always have to say it the other way around. You have to say, Ken, Kenny, I'm buying this and you're going to buy it and I'm buying one for you. So we can be twins. And he's like, okay. (laughs) So the fact that he was able to take that picture with me and, and you mean so much, John, because you are a father figure and father figures are people that actually cause the future to be better. They always, and by the way, a father figure is not about just their children. It's about all children. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, and, and sometimes you're helping your kids' kids or other kids. All right. I just recently came. Uh, one of my top 10 events in my 26 years was doing uh, the scavenger hunt, a high-tech scavenger hunt for Tony Robbins Youth Camp called Global Youth Leadership Summit. Uh, kids from 38 countries and really one of my top events I've ever produced. But I do have to share this childhood story, right? Because in this card, you know, for all the parents who are listening here and who want to be parents is that um, you have what I call proud parenting moments, proud parenting moments. And this was one of them, which is uh, we used to deliver baskets to needy families at Thanksgiving, right? And it was one of the things. And as the kids got older into teenagers, you know, one year they said, we don't want to do this. This is your thing, dad, not our thing. Right? And they were really like adamant about it. And I was really disappointed. And finally, I kind of blew a gasket as a dad. And I said, look, you do not have the choice yet to not do this. The only thing you have a choice to do in this is to be mad and sad or angry while you do this, or you can at least enjoy the process. But I, at this point, I don't care which one it is. Right. So that's kind of like my dad. I had to drop the mic piece. Right. But the thing is you do care. Yeah, so so the kids are old enough, they have phones, so they're all in the grocery store in three different parts because they don't want to be with me here, but they're all texting each other, right? And after like 10 or 15 minutes, they came back and I got a text message and it said, uh, Dad, we just want to tell you you're right. Wow. And I said, they just said, we, we, we will help you, right? We understand what you're trying to do and we will help you you know, with this basket. So they end up buying, you know, a bunch of the supplies and then they helped me walk the basket to the front door, even though they didn't want to do it. You know, I really just gave them the line, which was saying like, you are in a privileged space. You are lucky enough to have food on your plate every day, right? This, we're just doing this one thing, right? If you just finish this one thing, we can be done with it. And, uh, and it really, I was amazed. That was my proud parenting moment is that I actually got through to them. Well, you, you, you're going to expand on that because so. Yeah. We're talking about who you are, who you are for your kids is actually becoming the topic right now. So okay. divulge three things my son has said to me and all of them have been within the last year and they've absolutely edified, but more importantly, inspired me to be a better person. All right. Edified meaning I did something right, but inspired me to do something better. Right. So here we go. One was when my son was eight years old, he got a sixth book and it was on Amazon. He said, daddy, if I do four more books in the next two years, I'll have 10 books for my 10th birthday. That was the number one thing he's ever said to me at that point. Number two was, well, number three is actually the twin thing, right? Yeah. And he made his quote. I wrote a, I said a quote that said, there's only two things you need to do in this world. Number one is prove the people that were believing in you that they were right and prove the people that were not believing you that they were wrong. And he was inspired by that quote. And he says, daddy, I have a quote. And by the way, I've only had two, maybe two or three quotes tops in my entire life. And his quote knocked me on my, on my pants. Are you ready for this? Yes. My favorite day is tomorrow because I get to celebrate I'm alive. And he actually said that. And I swear to you, not something I said or anything. I think he's Googled. I mean, he just said it out of the blue. He said, daddy, 
Um, I saw your quote about uh, the memes. I have a quote and he said it and I was like blown away. So with that, we're going to, I guess, redirect who John Shen is <laughs> and, and say who John Shen is as a father. Is there anything else you'd like to say about your kids that is a shout out with regard to proud parent moment? Proud parenting moments. You know, my first son, well, you know that moment when you're not a father and you're about to come a father? So here in Seattle, it was 1998. We had an earthquake. And, uh, and it wasn't a crazy earthquake, like nothing got you know broken or anything like that. But we came out and all of us, the three of us were having a dinner party at a friend's house. And, you know, like everyone like either dives under doors or tables or something and because and, we got to wait. And, and then it stops shaking. And yep. you know, then there's that calm that is supposed to going down going, oh, OK, we lived through this earthquake. And then all of a sudden my wife uh, at the time comes out and she goes, oh, I think my water broke. All right. And then like the chaos starts all over again. Where's the bag? Where's the car? We're, you know, we got to get everything. And uh, she literally had our first son, Max uh, Maxfield, in two hours after her water broke. Wow. During an earthquake, I mean, the, the aftermath of an earthquake, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, then, then I called the news, right, the, the tip line, and I said, I think we had the first kid after the Seattle earthquake. And they actually came, so he got on the front page of the newspaper. And how did you come up with Maxfield? Uh, it was Maxfield, Maxfield Parrish, the artist, as well as Max from uh, the book, Where the Wild Things Are. In fact, we went so far. This is a great parenting tip, by the way, too. If you're on the do-it-yourself part, remember the overhead projectors, Ken? Yeah. So what you do is you create a Xerox on a transparency of, uh, of one of the pages, which is him in the boat, right? And then you project it onto the wall. And so uh, we painted it on the wall in his room. So he had a picture of Max in the boat in his room from Where the Wild Things Are. And that, that was his, you know, that was part of the prepping the, the baby room. Experience. You know, to be said for a name like Max, I mean, you cannot not live up to that. <laughs> right? Maximum, Maximilian, yeah, all the, all the other, you know, references with Max. So, yeah, I don't know. We, we felt like that was the right name. Do they have a lot of people say like 300 and gla uh, Gladiator to him? <laughs> uh, I don't know. 300 was like a crazy movie. Right? It was. But I'm saying that those two kind of assimilate the same aspect of a leader being Max. Oh, oh, but okay, back to proud pointing moments. Okay, so so Max though, you know, two parts is that one he gave he was in a moving up ceremony, which is like a small version of graduation, and all the kids are reading off of cards, right? You know how this looks, Ken. And I want to thank my teacher, and right, so that's how everyone, all the other kids are. So Max, of Max turns. Max has no cards. He stands up there and he goes, "Well, I'd like to debrief this year and share some of my highlights and the moments." Right? He's making eye contact. He has no cards. He's free forming the majority of it. Right? And then my, one parent leans over to me and he goes, "Apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it?" <laughs> I'm like, "I have no idea what you're talking about." Uh, but the real proud parenting moment came came from this: is that uh, during one of the parent-teacher conferences, they came around and they said. Uh, I just want to share something with you. Your son broke up a fight on the on the school ground. And I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, two kids were fighting. And he actually walked in and stepped in, talked to both of them, and got them both to walk away without hitting or being mean to each other. How old? What's that? How old? Probably about 12 or 13. You know, that really key critical age where, you know, tempers are fiery and things like that. And I really, again, I, I spend the majority of my life as a team builder, which means I'm a facilitator. And that 
ability to facilitate humans to resolve conflict without pain and suffering is like the number one skill this world needs. And I'm just happy to say that he showed a little light of that on the, you know, the school ground play field. You know, I saw something yesterday when I took my son to Sky Zone, which is you jump around and you... Trampolines. You do the ball and you throw it and stuff. Son is the type of son or or just human that if he gets hit and they don't see he got hit, he'll he'll pull himself out because he doesn't need to be told the fairness or the integrity of a game. He hit a kid and the kid looked like he caught the ball. It looked like he caught the ball and Kenny was walking off. And the kid raised his hand and said, No, I didn't catch it. It it hit the floor and he called himself out. And I said, That's my son. Another kid did what my son would do. So I want to say that we know nothing of you, but we know everything of you, John, because of who you are to your kids. And we're going to be going off the air in about two minutes for a break, and then we're coming back on. But how do people connect with you? How do people get this book that we haven't even talked about? How do people get this? You can go to my website, engagingvirtualmeetings.com. Again, that's engagingvirtualmeetings.com. Uh, you can actually say engagingvirtualmeetings.com slash meet, M-E-E-T. And you can schedule a meeting with me. I'll talk to anyone for a half hour and either help your virtual meeting or tell you parenting stories. <laughs> and by the way, when he says meat, he is not talking vegetarian. He will meet you, right? Anyway, here we go. All these goodies is because he plays beyond and he also thinks outside the box. And I will tell you, of all the people I've met, I have really been impressed with the fact that John plays outside the box so he can create outside results. And if you play the same game everyone else is playing, you're going to get the same results, which dissipate as life becomes known instead of actually growing it out because someone says, wow, I never thought of that. You are the ultimate hacker in a very good way. So this is is Ken Roshan. We are, oh my gosh, love, love, love. So, and by the way, cat, 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 back to you. I mean, my... (laughs) Thanks, cat dad. Had his 12th book come out, and I might be able to show it to you real quick before we go on break, but I'm so pleased my son's book is doing rather well in such a short period of time. This is his new book. Oh, look at that. And it's his 12th book, and it's no illustration. He said, Daddy, I just want to write the words I'm thinking, and he had to look, he had to ask me what the word philosophy means. (laughs) That's cool, too. Actually got what philosophy is because he wrote it that way. He wrote the entire book with my philosophy of what I believe, my philosophy of what it is to be successful, my philosophy of what it is to be a daddy, et cetera. So I want to thank you, John, for being on the show. We're going to be back to you. And we're going to actually take a couple minutes to talk about who you really are, because as a dad, you are awesome. But as an entrepreneur, you're phenomenal. I want to get to how did you become that? And then we're going to go into some of the hacks and ways you can actually be more powerful online, but more importantly, just as an entrepreneur. So we'll be back in a couple minutes. Our hosts are Perfect Publishing, The Key Smiling Movement, Amplified, and most importantly at this point, John Shen. I am so impressed with this book. So thank you for sending this to me. We'll be back in about two minutes. And there's nothing in this book, if you turn to any page in this book, it is straight up 300 pages, by the way, 300 pages of just complete knowledge One of these things I'll tell you is you apply any of this information, you'll have a better experience with your entrepreneurial life, but more importantly, how you actually extend yourself beyond your real life.
Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at theumbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. But when is it not unique? It's always unique because that's what we all all have in common, isn't it, John? So Uh, during the break, John has agreed that he will finally share who he is. But he will (laughs) is a teaser to who he has become through business. So we're going to do this so out of order. However, everything so far in the show has been natural and it will continue to be that way. So, John... You have some uh, bits and pieces and shared information you'd like to tell the audience about your business, and then you're going to backtrack and tell you how you created it. Go for it. Perfect. Thank you so much, Ken. All right. So when people meet me, they do something like this. Who are you, John? Well, I'm the author of a book called Engaging Virtual Meetings. But Ken, how did I get here? Well, I used to be a team builder. Ken, do you remember what geocaching is? Yeah. Yeah, it's a high-tech scavenger hunt, use GPS receivers. I turned it into a team and leadership event, and I used to do 140 events, Ken, around the world. But then this thing happened in March of 2020, and it kind of messed the world up a little bit. In fact, this is what my March of 2020 looked like. 15 canceled programs. As a small business, Ken, this was not really good for me. But one of my strategies is to, when I'm faced with uncertainty, is to look at the past. Do you remember what this is, Ken? Yeah. This is Prodigy. This is an online service. It was the first graphical-based meeting space online 35 years ago prior to America Online. So it means I've been meeting online for a long time. In fact, I wrote this book, 50 Digital Team Building uh, Games, in 2011. So for decades, Ken, I've been trying to tell people, we could do this. You can do meaningful work. You could um, save the travel and expenses, have dinner with your family and friends at the end of the day. But everyone prior to March of 2020, Ken, said, that's a great idea, John, but... Here's a bunch of money, and you need to fly to Orlando <laughs> to deliver this program. So anyways, I'm sitting in my office. I don't make vaccines, but I do make virtual meetings better. So I went to Eventbrite, and I put a class called Virtual Team Building on there. And my intuition said, just give it away for free and just try and help people in this world at a time when there's so much uncertainty. Well, here's what I got. 5,000 people took the, that class by the end of 2020. And then my publisher came back and said, hey, John, you want to write your second book? I said, sure. And what I feel like is the 
the cruelest joke, Ken, that my publisher played on me. They're like, John, we don't we don't know how long this coronavirus thing's gonna last. So could you rush the book? Right. <laughs> I'm like, rush the book. Side note, my friend, my family, uh, I have friends and family of four who went to Alaska last week, and they all came home with coronavirus. Right. So that was last week, and. Uh, uh, I wrote this book in nine weeks, Ken, 60,000 words in nine weeks. When it got released in October 2020, hit the number one Amazon hot new release. And now, can I spend the majority of my time having people invest in me to design, produce, speak at, and MC virtual and hybrid, and now in-person meetings now that we're back. Uh, fun people I've worked with, the author, Jay Bodasinga of The Walking Dead, uh, Patrick Lencioni, who wrote Five Dysfunctions of a Team, sold six million books. Our good friend, the shark, Damon John. And this amazing woman, Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Eat, Pray, Love, where Julia Roberts played her in the movie. I was all of their producers, and these I made them. my whole job is to make them look better. Now, Ken, you speak on virtual, so is it okay if I give you my number one tip for uh, virtual speakers? Normally, I'd say no, but this time I'm going to wave that no to a yes. Here we go. So he, my number one tip, for those who can't see, I'm walking backwards. I can now actually stand up in the entire video frame. Who does this on Zoom? The tip is stand up. The tip is stand up. If you are presenting, Ken, on virtual, one of the best tips that you can do is figure out a way to stand up. Now, you don't have to do this fancy way to do it. Right? Ken's going to do it here, but he's got to tilt his camera up. <laughs> uh, but if you just take boxes or something, or lift, you have a lifter desk, get your camera to eye level. You will uh, be in the top 20% of all speakers, Ken, because the physiology gives you an advantage. And when you feel better, your speakers feel better. So now uh, let me just share what I also did with my Corona vacation, right? Is yes, I made a green screen big enough to walk around so I can show you how to do a little bit of the magic. And then the last piece of the magic here is that this is what's in front of my face right now. I have up to 14 screens available to me, Ken, right? I have the ability to play music, right? Like uh, this. So I have a mixing board so I immediately can bring uh, items like this. And I'll have all these items on push button, multiple ways so I can produce and speak at meetings can in ways that most people don't find possible like pushing a button and magically appearing in seattle back to you ken well i want to say that you said my name probably i think 12 times in that that <laughs> i'm going to encourage you to record that and just use that every time even if you were with another host that doesn't have that name the the key here ken is but using names is one of the ways to create engagement on virtual in fact i tell people you know people all the time go like oh people are multitasking in my meeting they have their camera on. just say their name but don't actually call on them let's say like phil is our person from voice america i'd say something like but you know phil from voice america he's so amazing i know he's going to talk to us in the next five minutes but i never <laughs> asked him to do anything but phil if he's tuning out he's going to come back like this going who said my name <laughs> well, I've had a lot of people um, actually a little bit offended and telling me they're not going to be on my show again because I keep calling him John Shin. And so it's been a little bit problematic in that way. <laughs> <laughs> they should be they should be complimented. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to dig into the area that we have not addressed, who you are. Where, where were you born? I was born in Stockton, California. I feel like I should do some Steve Martin in the... I was a small child born in the West in Stockton, California. My dad was a doctor. My mom was a nurse. 
And I grew up, uh, we were one of the few Asian families, so I do a lot of work, Ken, uh, in the Asian Pacific Islander realm, right? Especially in the last four or five years, you, you may have heard the hashtag Stop Asian Hate. The, the hate crimes have increased anywhere from 400 to 1,600%, depending upon which city you're in. And it was like that, right? Growing up, like some of it was not easy uh, being kind of sucked in as a farming community near the central California, near Sacramento, about 45 minutes from Sacramento. But it was a really safe place to grow up when we were growing up there. And uh, I got a great education uh, inside of that. And, and some of the things that really led me, like, again, I'm out of the kids, I'm the different one out of five. I also later then got into skateboarding. I actually became a sponsored amateur skateboarder at one point, And I also got into punk rock. Right. And I really love punk rock. Um, and again, I taught all my friends to play. Right. And punk rock is great in that way, too, because it's so easy to learn. But I also there was a lot of hidden value in being a musician in punk rock. You have to listen to the other people. If you're going to play any kind of music, you have to listen to each other. And the four of you have to work together as a team. Uh, and so and the reason why I actually got into, it, I think, a lot of that stuff is my parents got divorced when I was about six years old. And. Uh, again, later, I just kind of like trying to find my way as a divorce kid, well, made friends with all the other divorce kids. And, and it, like, it was amazing. I think it was like 100% of my friends who were skateboarders came from divorced families. So big question for you. Yeah. Five of you. And one of you, you, it seems like has really been rebellious and caused a lot of impact in a very, I guess, unregimented and unorthodox way. So what, what do you think the difference is? Well, mine had even started, Ken, from the part, which is like, I wasn't supposed to be here, Ken. You ever know that? Or ever have that feeling? My, yeah. It kind of came like this. Like, I think my dad wanted two kids and my mom wanted 12. <laughs> and then when we got to four, apparently my dad said, well, that's enough, right? And then, bing, four years later, I showed up. So it's kind of like, you know, you snuck in, right, into this world. Uh, there's some of that. And the other part, I don't know, comes from really, you know, I, I think one of our key human needs is to be unique, to be significant. And there's some parts in there where I just really identified starting as young as I was to say, if you do things different, right, that is an immediate way to be significant or at least, at least be, you know, perceived as unique. And so I think that was that, that my start. And then I saw value in it all the time. Most of the time, you'll hear me go, like Ken, too, like if we were in a big audience or we're in a big, like, like, uh, like a, a theme park or something, I just go where people aren't. That's like a natural, like, belief and tendency for me. Uh, my other favorite two things is to use two things that don't go to each other to, to go with each other to solve a problem. And that's where creativity and innovation comes from. So those are things that I have a long history of having those beliefs and having those beliefs shape my life. So I want to uh, pay a compliment to you that you may, you may not know how important this is, but because I study people, I've been to thousands of events, probably close to 10,000, believe it or not. When we were at the NSA 50th uh, anniversary, the influence, what is it called? Influence? Yes. So out of all the people there, you were the only one, and I mean absolutely the only one, that said, let's take your camera and photograph you with the president of the Mavericks. And, and by the way, it didn't matter who it was. You would have said, let me take your camera and show that you are here. And it's, it really means a lot to me. And um, that's why you're in the show.
you're on the show because you stand out as a person that always cares what other people are doing and thinking and being praised for. So you can actually glorify them so they can have a better chance of having an impact in the world. And I just want to applaud you for that. Oh, thank you, Ken. You know, those words sound, you know, servant leadership yes. in any leadership place you take. You know, it's one thing to hear about that concept, but it's another one to see it in action. And those are the people who really inspire me. Number one, like her name is Synth, by the way, C-Y-N-T. And Synth is Hallmark because she is the first black woman MBA CEO in the world. And second of all, we're at a speakers conference. She really impacted me. Right. So like the, her story, like she was brought in, if those who don't know since story, and I didn't know before this either, uh, the Dallas Mavericks were having problems with sexual harassment suits. Lots of them. So much so that, right. Yes, that's her right there. And so much so that uh, Mark Cuban went around and searched and figure out who can I bring in to solve this problem? And he found her and plucked her from another place and gave her this immense opportunity. And over the last eight years, she wiped that problem out. And we need more leaders like her, you know, to uh, people to give people a chance like that. You know, I'll give props to Mark Cuban as a servant leadership. He looked to solve the real problem, not like just like erase the bandaid, you know, put a bandaid on the old problem. He really got to the core of the problem. That's why I appreciate it since so much. And so going back to that. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Look at that. That's a great picture. Is that servant leadership, though, it goes back. I'm looking all the time for opportunities, Ken, which is. How do, how do we help other people? How do we, how do we, uh, how can we make something? And it's something as small as like, again, Ken values the photo. So if I take one of him, he's used to shooting and he never gets to be in it. So that's really why it has such an impact. And if you just look for those small things, quite often you'll make your life in those small things. Right? And I, I call it this. Yeah. We amplify goodness, right? So when I say we, I, I, I mean, anyone that will join me and it was you. And I, I, by the way, I want to say something. When I was at the event last night, Miss Tourism 2023 in DC, I said my number one goal is to show all the photographers and media that are capturing this very first event in the world. And so I went around to each one, I photographed them. And that's who you are, John. That's oh. who you are. You always, look, you always look at what the person's doing that makes a difference and, and amplifying them. Because if no one amplifies those people, they don't know they're being supported. And quite often, right, the, it's the people doing the most amazing job are not the people who are at the front or like, you know, the other part. It's quite often the people who are doing the small things. Like here's a great example is I'm in the hospitality business. I'm a member of Meetings Professional International. And out of thousands, like thousands of hotels I've been into, Ken, there's only one in Indianapolis that was like, who was able to greet me by my name by the time I hit the front desk. And I later on, because I stayed there for four days, I got a chance to finally meet the general manager. And he goes, that's one of our key performance indicators is how many times can we greet the guests by the first name? They have a whole system from the time they walk in, right? The bellman asked my name and said, oh, do you mind if I ask your name? I said, yes, I'm John Shannon. And he goes, are you checking in? He goes, yes, I will be. He radios it in and like less than three minutes later, by the time I hit the front, they have my key and everything ready. And the reason why it made such an impact on me is I had just gotten off a red eye. Yes. Bleary, right? I have like let, like two or 4% of my senses about me. And all I really wanted to do was get in bed and go to sleep. And they did that. They and, got 
Yeah. And so I, what I want to say is like, you know, the general manager is the leader, but it's people like the Bellman and other people along the way who get that name. They all work together. And those are the people who made an impact on me that I've told this story. Like I could tell stories about thousands of hotels, but I don't. I tell it about this one because they're really doing something special. Well, to your point, last yesterday I was flying home early, like five o'clock in the morning, and I was in Kansas City. I'd never been that that airport before. Went through uh, clear, and I was asked, you know, do you want your eyes? Do you want your fingers? Whatever. Uh, and when I did that, she turned to me and she looked at the path, uh, my my boarding ticket, and she says, "Oh, is your name Roshan?" Now I can't tell you how often that's been butchered, and no, and not only that, why anyone would even attempt to say that name, Roshan, right? And I said, you nailed it. And she goes, oh, I was in the airline business and the hospitality business for 20 years. Like, that's I got to add one more, Ken, too, because this is a place where there are almost no compliments. Right. TSA. <laughs> yes. We went through one. Uh, I have to remember where it was. I think it was Dallas and the TSA. And this gentleman in the TSA, he was like making jokes with people. Welcome, right? Like, a, you know, put that water bottle. He was like, he was, it was like a stand-up comedy routine. And you could tell that the energy around him was so good. And by the way, if, you, if you're ever in an airport, for those who travel, right, do yourself a favor. There's a counter or someplace you can ask for. And, and uh you can actually, I, w I went and I said, I want to take a moment to do something. And I said, so I go to the TSA counter and I said, I would like to make sure and compliment the, the gentleman who's back over there. Uh, he, he, like, I remember he had a silver cross, right? And that's how I remembered who he was. And I said, I want to compliment him. I said, he really made TSA a better experience today. And so you either scan a code or fill out a form. But I talked to one TSA before and I said, what's the, what's the ratio of negative to positive comments? And he goes, 50 negative to every single one positive at TSA. I believe it. And I said, you know, what if that, what if this world changed? What if like TSA got 50 positive instead of the one and to one negative, you know, would they be a better organizations? And know. it's hard to say because they have a job to protect, but on the other side of the coin is they have a job to serve. They have the opportunity to serve. They do. Right, Enough. that's the fish guys here in Seattle. They throw fish, right? You're just supposed to get like a package you're buying, but they turn a transaction into an experience. That's right. So, sir, we have this book that we have spent zero time on you and zero time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and actually we have alluded to it because everything in this program has been about the examples of what you're actually teaching. So would you be kind enough to give three gold nuggets out of this book, why people should not only buy it, but how they would actually really expand their income and abundance and impact because they're using some of these principles, please. Yeah, if you have boring, terrible, awful virtual hybrid and now in-person meetings, because the concepts are actually the same, but again, I brought all the concepts from team building when it was all in-person into this book. It's just that it you know, happened to be engaging virtual meetings at a time when people had need. And the, the first part is like, you can get the book on Amazon too, or you can get it from me and then you can get a signed book and you actually can get that whole package. Uh, I'll share you one way in just a moment. So the second one is that if you want engagement, engage, right? It sounds so easy, but so many people don't do it. What I mean by engagement, you want to engage, like, like go and have a conversation. Like I, I allocate 50% of my time in a class for the audience to talk. 
So I engage him. By the way, if I ask Ken a question, he starts answering. It is almost impossible for him not to be engaged because we're having a conversation. So the second one is, is that if you read the book, the best part is you can read the first three chapters and you'll get 80% of the value. Mm -hmm. And the last one that most people ask about, well, how can I get people to turn their cameras on, right? That's like, like the big one. I actually have a class, Ken, and the class is called Turn on the Damn Camera, right? <laughs> That's really the name of the class. And, and the, the key principle it's built on is in chapter three, it's about creating psychological safety. Google did research called uh, Project Aristotle for 18 months on what's the highest performing teams. And the shortcut to the end is that it wasn't the money the good they gave them, the leader, the building they put them in, the computer they gave them. The number one factor that all their high performing teams had in common was psychological safety defined as I feel safe taking a risk in front of my teammates. Right. And, and we create that here on virtual. Like, how can I create an environment that's safe so that can you feel okay taking a risk, like chopping off part of your schedule and going somewhere else, right? That, that, uh, that you feel safe enough to do so because you know the value is going to be there. Well, and, and by the way, feeling safe in a community means that you're part of a tribe because they protect you. Yeah, so, and community is actually the secret thing that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm making. Yes, please That's, address. One percent gains. That was a shout out to my MBA friend. He was one of the top trainers uh, in Seattle, and he says if you are just one percent better every game, you will be the top. He was actually by commission in Stern. He was given an award saying you are the top in customer service in the MBA. And so here's one way to to get the whole kit. Right, is that. Uh, uh, in October 23rd through 25th, I'm running a three-day summit, and it's called uh, Engaging Virtual Meetings Conference, right? This is my fourth one. This is the secrets. This year, we're focusing specifically on conferences, summits, and masterclasses. If you have a multi-day conference summit or like multi-day class, we'll show you all the secrets about how to do that because it is such a big job and, and it's really uh, varying levels of quality out in the world. And so you can get a free ticket right now if you go to evmconference.eventbrite.com. Again, evmconference.eventbrite.com. And if you actually put uh, EVM John, EVM J O H N, you'll get 50% off the ticket. That's your secret for being here with Ken and myself. Again, that's evmconference.eventbrite.com. And what was the date of that? October 23rd through the 25th. Right? We have over 10 speakers who are going to rock your world, who are all experts in engagement in the virtual, hybrid, and in-person world. I want to be there. You got to be there, Ken. You already got an invite. I'm going to put John twice so I can actually really double down. <laughs> yeah, I would love to. Where is that being held? It's all online right now. So when you get that, you'll get a Zoom link, and you'll see how I can rock with You've, if you've ever been to a Zoom conference and you'll be like, that was a bore fest, come to mine and you'll experience something radically different. All right, I'll probably fly out to your studio. That's what we're actually having a liver. That's what we're thinking of what's called digital first is a format where we have a small number, which might be 10 to 20, who are going to be in person and they can basically see the back scenes of how everything is made, as well as talk to some of the um uh, speakers personally during the breaks. And that's the value of being in person. We're not going to go into this, but this is also included in this book. This is so important, but we're not going to go into it because we're going to go into rapid fire because we are about to end the, so here we go. Rapid fire. No 
no explanation, no expansion. Here we go. A book that changed your life. Oh, Tony Robbins. Uh, uh, power was it? The Power Within? Yeah, something like that. Uh, 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 movie that inspires you. Oh, uh, The Matrix. Who's your hero? Who's my hero? Uh, Bill Gates. Still. Who would, who would you want to meet you haven't met? Oh shoot! Uh, Mother Teresa. Can't meet her now. Too late. <laughs> What what song gets you going? What song gets me? Oh, uh, geez. Oh, uh, Under Pressure. Queens Under Pressure. I thought you were actually going to do Under Pressure. Okay. And uh, what's your, who's your favorite artist you'd want to see in concert? Oh, geez. Uh, now it's BTS. I want to just see a really amazing Asian band. If you did karaoke and you could add anyone into the duet, who would you add? Oh, my partner, Donna. We, all, we just did Summer Nights last, last Saturday. Beautiful. That is awesome. All right. Um, what is your biggest challenge? Uh, getting more people to believe that their virtual meeting could be better. There's a quote you live by. A quote that I live by, right? Uh, virtual some kind, sometimes can be as good as uh, in-person meetings, and sometimes it can be better. I just quoted myself. A uh, button that says, and that, that's what she said. <laughs> so who's your hero uh who's my hero who's my, i'm gonna say who's my heroine and this year's heroine by far is sin sin williams ceo of dallas maverick she made my world this year amen and i'm so glad to see that i was able to capture that and that you gave me that same privilege of your hero being mine so john shin amazing gentleman complete giver totally more information than you could possibly handle. You take some of these bits and pieces and you'll have a better life. Listen to John Shen, go to his event. You'll be missing out big time on an opportunity to actually make a bigger difference in the world. And you are truly inspiring. I'm so glad you could be on us, this show for an hour. Our big sponsors are the Key Smiling Movement, the virtual, the virtual, are you ready? Perfect Publishing. And I'm saying virtual because we always say the real perfect publishing, but we're doing virtual because of you. And this gorgeous book, get this book, read this book. And if you don't read all of it, just start applying some of the book. So John, thank you very much. Stay amplified. If you know someone who's inspiring the world, please connect them to us and bring them to the event that John Shin's having in October. We'll see you next week. Stay amplified. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.